but we're going to be dedicating Mason, Carter, Mosaic at the end of service as well. But I'd like to talk to you about children today. Revealing God's heart for children, and even especially for our children. I mean, God's heart is for kids. I don't know if you've ever seen that in the Scriptures, but we'll talk about it today. But everything within me wants the whole world to know deeply and fully the heart of God for kids, for children. And no matter what you've experienced in your childhood, if we want to truly hear our Father's heart for our children, we must lay everything aside and be refreshed and healed with childlike hope for today and the future. Let's, let's turn in our Bibles today in the New King James to Mark chapter 9. Mark 9, verse 37. One scripture here, the Lord says, Jesus says, Whoever receives one child like this in my name, and today we have one child being dedicated, Mason, so we can use him as the one child. Amen? Whoever receives one child like this in my name, he says, Jesus says, receives me. And whoever receives me does not just receive me, but him who sent me. And how many know that's the Father? Amen? That's a really powerful word there. So it's important that we have a heart open to receive children. And as we were seated here together today, listening to the worship and then God's heart, discussing His vision for children and discussion of this teaching, open your heart to receive them anew. Receive them, I say, into our spirit man. See them as innocent and precious. And let's get into the Father's heart for them. Let's say together, let the children come. Let the children come. Amen? Let them come. Like Jesus, we will not forbid them. We will let them come into our hearts. And so we again declare, let the children come. I think that's just a powerful phrase that the Lord says. But years ago when I first came here to Lakewood, it was in the 1980s or really 1970s, I had a vision of children and boys and girls of all ages running up and down the street. And when I got here, I wasn't surprised because there's 9,000 kids in Lakewood. There's 14 elementary schools, so no matter where I went, there were children. And when we opened the daycare and we were running sometimes close to 100 children at one time, and of course that has changed since lockdown, but we're still open and still ministering to children. But I've seen children in the streets playing, dancing, riding their bicycles, and I could hear their voices and songs and laughter. But during that time, the Lord gave me a vision. I had this vision. I literally saw children going up to older men and women, especially a man in a wheelchair. I had this vision of a man in a wheelchair. And without a word, I saw a young child pass by the older man without saying a word. And the man in his wheelchair suddenly was healed just because the child passed him by. Why should we be so surprised? Because the Bible says in the book of Acts that the shadow of Peter healed people as people passed by and just walked in his shadow, they were healed. And so the Lord gave me this vision 
of this man being healed. And he got up and he started to walk, praising God for his healing. And then I saw another little child walk up to a convenience store, open the doors and speak three or four words. And whatever words that little child said to the Lord for that place, the, the store responded immediately. And walking away from the store, the entire face of the building had changed. And as this vision began to fade, I pondered what had just happened with heart on fire. I said to the Lord, whatever it takes, and whatever I just saw, I'm going to see this come to pass, I said. I want to be a part of these children carrying the presence of God and miracles all over the earth. And some of you will remember when we had that great move of the Spirit here in our church maybe 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when we had ch little children coming up to the front and praying for people, praying for the sick, and they were healed. They were touched. So we have testimonies of the power of little children. We had a little boy here last Sunday. His name was Lincoln. And when the worship team gathered, we had a big ensemble of a worship team, and there were a lot of them up here last Sunday. Little Lincoln got up there and prayed he was only seven years old. He prayed as if he was 35, 40 years old and had been in Bible college for 15 years. People asked me, they said, did you hear how he prayed? I said, yeah, I did. I like it. It's my vision to see this. And if we turn to Zechariah, if you have your Amplified Bible, you can use your Bible. That's fine. Zechariah, chapter 8. I think John has it up there for you. We have no idea because I found out just recently that when you say the Amplified Version, you'll get all kinds of different kinds of translations. There's a classic translation, and they had one in 1964. Now they have one in 2015. They changed things around. But this is what it says, Zechariah 8, 4, and 5, Amplified. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Old men and old women shall again dwell in Jerusalem. And sit out in the streets, every man with a staff in his hand, very advanced age. Verse 5, And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in its streets. <laughs> and so you see that even with the young generation, there is the old generation connected. And so when asking young children about their thoughts and thinking about things, I mean, I've had the privilege... In the daycare, I've been a part of the transportation department of picking up young children for years at their elementary schools and bringing them here to the daycare. And I get to talk to them when they're in my van. And they're interesting. How many of kids are interesting? Did you ever talk to children? Leo, you, you've got a, a quiver full. And Adrian. <laughs> I mean, we talk to children. Some people talk to children a lot. But I'm telling you, children, I mean, they're fun. They're interesting. They're, they have interesting thoughts and thinking. And sometimes I've asked them things, and I'm stunned by what they, their responses. But what I've discovered about children is they live limitless lives without boundaries. I was taken back at how their simple childlike answers seem to embody the purest spirit of the Lord, full of raw elements of faith, joy, Love and hope. Their hearts and spirits started to fill me up with the living breath of God time and time again. And I meditate on, in wonder many times 
on every word they spoke and every prayer they prayed. I mean, sometimes they could pray prayers that can shock us or even want us to say, Lord Jesus, quietly, I want to pray like that too. I want to pray like that too. And that's what I like about even the children here at Grace Point. They love to worship. We give them flags. They get up here. I mean, we got a couple young children in this congregation right now, this group, that I'm sure if we gave them the, uh, they'd go right on up. They'd have the courage. I won't mention Cora's name, but you know, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Cora is just, she'll go. She's ready. She's a worshiper. She's filled with the Spirit of God. There's no junior Holy Spirit. I mean, I have been completely intrigued to what I've seen in children. And that's why I brought, I'm bringing forth this message on children. Because it takes some time to look anew with open, renewed minds that all the Lord has to say about children and all that the Lord has entrusted to them. And when you get new eyes to see what they're about, children, then you'll have greater hope when you look at them. You'll be able to see the potential in them. Because God sees potential in every child. You may not be able to see it yet, but I see it. I see it in every child that I see. So absorbing God's heart and vision for His children will completely alter us and the way we think about them and the way we walk with them. See, having the mind of Christ concerning children will cause an irreversible paradigm shift in all of us. For many today, we've, we've thought of children as the church of the future. But that's true. But now we will see children are vital and an active part of the body right now. That's one thing we've always seen at Grace Point. That's why during worship, our children are here. We don't, you know, usher them off into a side room somewhere so that, that they can play silly games. We want them to see what it's like to worship God so that when they grow up, it's not foreign to them. It's something they, they know about, something they've seen. And we, we, we will become so convinced about our children that we will purposefully include them in all of our endeavors. I made, I made a vow when I was young with my little son, Carl, when he was young, you ask Marie, I made a vow early on in ministry. We're not going to speak evil of ministry in front of him. And wherever we go and whatever we do, we're going to include him. And that changes everything. And we will see that if we are not engaged with them, we are like a body walking around without limbs. But let's look at some scriptures that teach us all about children. Let's turn. Because children... Jesus used children. He startled the Pharisees. He started the scribes. He startled them. They were shocked and startled by his responses. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18. Starting in verse 1, I'll read to verse 4. We'll read it again in a few minutes. But Matthew 18, New King James says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Well, I bet you they were looking for a different answer than they got. Then Jesus called a little child to him. Now, my, my, here's my observation from, from my point of view. 
if, G, if, there's, if, there, if the disciples are there and they're asking Jesus, who's the greatest of the kingdom of heaven? It must mean that all around, all the time that Jesus was around his, the different people that he spoke to, there were children there too. It was not uncommon for the children to be right there when he was speaking. Because it says in verse 2, Then Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. I mean, that's a mouthful, church. That says a lot. You know, a lot, especially to us as adults. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So if we would use our imagination, <coughs> we can see a tremendous picture in Matthew when Jesus called the children to himself. Jesus' disciples approached Jesus to contend for important seats. Where will I sit, Jesus, with you? Since I'm your disciple, don't you think I should sit right at your right-hand side? They asked who would be the greatest, eager to know how to get to the top, because, I mean, oh, you got to get to the top. And Jesus calls the little child to himself, and this marks the only time in all the Scripture that Jesus places a human example before others in this way by which to model themselves. He set a child before them. Imagine the shockwaves that burst through all who heard this as they process these words from Jesus. A child, after spending their entire adult lives reaching for approval and importance according to the religious or political leaders, they now see Jesus discard that system for an entirely different standard, that of a child. Anyone can believe in Jesus for eternal life, but that's not maturity, nor is it the kingdom. Do you know how to enter the places of the kingdom? How to walk in the places of maturity? How do you come? What does the Scripture say? How do you come? You come as a child. You don't enter as a know-it-all. You don't even enter as a believer. Well, then, Pastor Mike, you enter as a child. Child-likeness is the access card to every heavenly realm. It's another message for the future. Every part of the kingdom of God responds to the nature of a child. Now I'd like to read to you this same passage, Matthew chapter 18, 1 through 6, out of the Amplified Bible. At that time, the disciples came up and asked Jesus, Who then really, really, the, who is really the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child to himself and put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you repent, change, turn about and become like little children, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving, you can never enter the kingdom of heaven at all. And whoever receives and accepts and welcomes one little child like this for my sake and my name receives and accepts and welcomes me. Shocked. They were shocked. 
that Jesus used this example. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me and acknowledges and cleaves to me to stumble in sin, <laughs> that is who entices him or hinders him in right conduct or thought, it would be better, more expedient and profitable or advantageous for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be sunk in the depth of the sea. You think for one minute Jesus was intense <laughs> about his illustration? Do you think he was going to back down from the scribes and the Pharisees and his disciples who wanted to know where they sat and what was the best example they could have? Whoever then humbles himself as this child, the Bible says, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Becoming like them. Can I tell you what children are like? Number one thing that I find in children? Innocence. They're innocent. They're clueless. <laughs> They're not like us. They're without guile. They're without anger. They're without vengeance. They're without hatred. They're without criticism and judgment. And so our entrance into the kingdom of God, let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts 2. Acts 2 verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So I'm seeing visions and dreams, so I must be middle-aged. But children do not have a junior Holy Spirit. <clears throat> I've seen children lay their hands on the sick and seen them recover. I've seen them pray. I've seen them prophesy like adults. I've seen children that have been seven years old do this with precision. Because the secrets of the kingdom are hidden in children. They are able to teach us with wisdom. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Thank God we got the Scriptures to help us along, right? Amen? Can't go wrong when you're reading the Scriptures. Luke 10, 21. It says, In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. This is when the 70 returned with joy because even the demons were subject to their name. But in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit, and He says, I thank You, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that You have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes, infants, children, young ones. Amen? Even so, Father, so it seemed good in Your sight. And then let's go to Luke chapter 2. Let's go back a couple of chapters. Luke chapter 2, verse 39. 
And so when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. What did he lack? Nothing that adult would lack. And so when we take time to listen to our children speak, we can get incredible revelation from them. Why am I saying this? Because there is the spirit of revelation in our children. In the spirit, they can read between the lines far past older people. Because we come with critical eyes or we come with judgment. They don't see it. So they see beyond sometimes what we can even see. And they have the ability to put themselves into the Father's heart and ask Him questions and hear His voice speaking to them. Children can give incredible wisdom if we just ask them. You know? Just took the time to ask them questions. Children who are schooled in the things of God can bring the Father's heart to us all. We don't have, we do not let them do this alone, of course, but we can forever learn from them as we teach them. They can see things we cannot, so that we can all see a fuller picture of the heart of God. I bet you some kids have a better picture of the heart of God than we do. But do we ever ask them? Or do we just always instruct them and point things out? Mark chapter 9. Let's go to Mark chapter 9 in the Amplified. But you can use your Bible. That's fine. Mark chapter 9, verse 36. And he took a little child and he put, that, put him in the center of their group. And talking and taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever in my name and for my sake accepts and receives and welcomes one such child also accepts and receives and welcomes me. And whoever so receives me receives not only me, but him who sent me. Remember what the Scripture says here. Whoever receives one child like this in my name receives me. These words offered to the disciples by Jesus contain a simple yet profound promise. If we get Jesus when we receive a child, guess what I want to do? Receive some kids. Receive some childs. Why? Because when we do, we get Jesus too. When we really believe this, we receive children with zeal. And when we see things that we never saw in children before, not just see, but receive. See, the meaning of the original Greek word for name that's found here encompasses every aspect of all we think or feel when a name is spoken through and about different things. But we can easily describe this as the nature of the person with the name. You know, Mason has a specific name for a specific time. <coughs> Excuse me. And no matter what we think, and no matter what we think, he's called of God. He's called of God. And when we receive any one of them in their nature, in the way Jesus loves and receives them, we receive Jesus. See, too often 
most people only receive their own biological children. We, still, we see children in our community and we think of them as somebody else's child. Well, that's true. But subconsciously, we categorize children as ours and not ours. But to receive the Lord in children, we must think differently. We must learn to see every one of them on the street, at the park, everywhere we go as our own in the spirit realm. Because who created them? Whose children are they really? Are they ours or are they His? When they die, do they go up to their parents or do they go up to Jesus? Jesus who made them. So we receive them all when we see them and we speak life over them. We love them. We laugh with them. We receive them from their spirit as they run beside us in life. I'm telling you, kids, we need you. We need our children. We need our children. Let the children come. Amen? Will they be noisy? Yes, I love it. Will they cry? Yes, I love it. I tell parents all the time, let them cry. They're just expressing themselves with words yet they can't express. I mean, I'll tell you what, if Mason wants to eat, I bet you he knows how to talk. He may not use words, but he knows what to do. He's schooled. And mom and mom and mom and grandma know how to respond. He's taught them well. When he's hungry, he gets what he wants. When he's got a dirty diaper, he knows what to do. We need to be with them and not just for their sake, but also for our own. We can learn from them and can hear the voice of the Father in them. I mean, I looked at Mason's eyes this morning when he came in and he looked at me and I saw Jesus. I saw the Father inside that little baby. I saw a spirit, the Spirit of God because there's no junior spirit. He's just going to grow up and be awesome for God. He's going to be used on the seven mountains of the Lord. He's going to be used by God mightily. Here are some other points. And that's just not Him. It's all of the children in this room. And here are some other points about children in Scripture that I can't elaborate at this time, but will in the future. Number one, children are our example in faith, love, and purity. You can read that if you want to mark it down. 1 Timothy 4.12 And if you get a chance later, read 2 Kings 5. 2 Kings 5. It's about a little girl in Israel that was captured by the enemy, brought to the enemy's palace, and was a servant girl in the enemy's palace. And when the enemy was dealing with leprosy, the little girl said, I know how you can get healed. Really? A little girl? Yes, a little girl told Naaman how to get free from leprosy. What did she tell him? Go see the man of God in Israel. He'll tell you what to do and you'll get healed. Did he go? You bet your bottom dollar he went. Did he like what was he, he was told? No, he didn't. He was angry. But then his servant had to set him straight and say, you got leprosy, buddy. And the only way you're going to get healed is if you listen to the man of God. The man of God told you to go down to the Jordan and dip seven times. What do you got to lose? 
You're going to stand here and argue with him about your rivers and your nation are cleaner than the Jordan? Or are you just going to go do what he said to do? Guess what? He went and did what he was supposed to do. Read it. 2 Kings 5. Another thing. A child, it says, shall lead them. Isaiah 11.6. The culture of Jesus was such that even a child could lead. I'd like to see that day. Some ordain some children. Amen? Jesus established a culture where a childlike spirit would lead. His rule is one where a child can play, imagine, explore without fear-driven constraints of a religious system. The childlike spirit is holy and pure and brand new, full of faith and possibilities. The heart of a child loves quickly, forgives quickly, and believes that there is goodness just around the corner. That's what a little child does. Loves quickly, forgives quickly, and believes that there's goodness right around the corner. Our children are miraculous wonders. Isaiah 8.18 This too I have seen over the years. Miracles can change the hardest heart in moments. Children can be kings and queens. Joash was seven years old when he became a king. You with me? How old was he? Seven years old. He reigned 41 years. Started out at seven years old. Had more wisdom than the group of people that made him king. Our children are filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb for us. Luke 1.41 Our children are called from the womb in Galatians 1.15 and Jeremiah 1.5 It really doesn't matter whether your kids are yet seeing what you're seeing in their lives, they are called from the womb with a purpose. I remember a little baby that leaped in the womb when they were told about Jesus. They were praising God in the womb. God has filled our children with the Spirit. And when you get time later today or this week, also read Judges 13. You'll be surprised. I'm not telling you that story. But from the mouth of children, He establishes His strength. From their mouths, it says in Matthew 21, that He prepared praise from babies. And if that's not good enough, He even said, if you won't praise Me, then the rocks will cry out. I bet you that'd be a big hit in Hollywood, talking rocks. I bet we can start a new VeggieTales series. Amen? Instead of talking cucumbers, we'll have talking rocks. (laughs) Let those who have hear, the Bible says, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Children are our strength in the midst of adversity. You know, you go ask a little kid what's going on in the world right now, and they'll say, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like the Amish. You know, there's not even one report of COVID-19 in the Amish community. And you know why? They don't have a TV. So they don't even know. If you bring it up, they like you. What you saying? See, children know the Father and can deeply encounter His personal presence. 1 John 2.13 Our children carry the bread 
for the whole gathering in John 6, 8 through 9. And children are all around us carrying these kinds of messages, timely messages, straight from the heart of God. They are ours and they are for us. May we receive them, as the Bible says, as our own. Amen? Isaiah 49, 18 is another scripture to look up. In this scripture, the Lord wasn't looking at one mother and telling her to gather her personal brood of children. He was calling all of the children of Israel to Himself. Look at your children. They are coming to you. See them. You have children, all of you. Receive them. The Spirit of God today is urging us and all of us in this way that we would receive the children all around us. And in so doing, we are receiving Jesus. Mike, I'm going to do the... We're going to do the baby dedication now for Mason. So if you want to come up, Molly, and anybody that you want to bring with you. I'm dripping. Let me just remind you that dedication is the first recognition and affirmation to our children that they are very important to us in the life of Grace Point. Dedication is a way of saying to them they are special. They are God's sons and daughters. They are part of the family of Grace Point Church. Mason loves his fingers. That's because he's teething, right? And of course, we accept them and love them just as they are here today. The life of dedication has its roots in Luke 2, when Jesus was dedicated to the Lord in the temple. And this recognition of dedication today rests on Molly, who is bringing Mason before God, promising to raise him. Look, he's looking. He's listening with his eyes. He's catching it. He's looking at that fan, too. How many of your kids love fans? Put a fan in any one of your rooms where your children are, and they'll be mesmerized for hours. Peace, Jesus, peace. <laughs> so this dedication is also the recognition that God is truly the giver of life, and so this life is being dedicated to God. Dedication is then threefold. Like Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And this dedication is in thanksgiving to God for the life He has given. It is the commitment of Molly saying to us she will follow the Lord in her responsibility as a godly parent. And finally, we as a community of believers are saying too, we will be committed to help support Mason in his Christian faith. So though Mason may not remember today, as many of you will, Molly can continue to remind him of this all-important day. Today is also a good time for each of us to remember our promises and commitments.
that we too have made to our children and to one another. Today, because you are presenting Mason to the Lord and giving yourself to raise him in the teaching and the understanding of the Lord, would you please answer I do after the following questions. Do you this day recognize Mason as God's gift and give great thanks for God's blessings? Did you hear? Here, women. I do. You got it now. Do you this day dedicate Mason to the Lord who gave him to you? I do. Do you promise to raise Mason according to the expectations of the scriptures in the new covenant? And do you here this day ask God's blessings and give Mason every possible benefit of church, home, and education? I do. And do you here this day ask God's blessing upon Mason as God is giving him life abundantly and so as to guide, guard, and direct him through all of his years? I do. And we then as the community of believers here at Grace Point now support you both in your promises and responsibilities before God to encourage and comfort you in any way we can as in accordance with the new covenant. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. church was shut down on uh, Facebook Live, I prophesied to Mason out of this little booklet here called The End of the World as We Know It by Johnny Enloe. But he says these things, I want you to hear them again. The good things God spoke to us about 2020 and beyond, he is still saying. This is not the end of the world, not only, not an end that allows for the beginning of, but an end that allows for the beginning of a new era of promise. It is truly the end of multiple generations of evil in high places as they collide with unprecedented justice because of the intercession that's been going up. Final end time scenarios are not for our lifetime, so hope, dream, plan, and act accordingly. Think 100 years. Think 100 years. This is for you, Mason. Stop listening to any voice that instills fear or removes hope. Endless possibilities in our new, our, our new, our new, our new language. 
New, ne- new, technology, ne- new technologies are about to abound. New energy forms that eventually and maybe sooner than later give us all free energy are about to be seen. Many cures for diseases have been suppressed and will soon be released in society. And I believe both cancer and AIDS already have cures presently on earth and will finally be brought to the light of day. True kingdom projects that have been sabotaged for years are about to be fully funded. Abundance for reformation of society is next. This year, 2020, will be the great hinge year for us, ushering us into a new era. Children born in 2020 are going to be wired for the tops of the mountains, the seven mountains. And they will be part of a Justice League generation that will occupy the places of influence, bringing the light of Jesus and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to everything. And we are first being rescued, then we are going to be propelled. The future is not only better than you think, it's better than you can even imagine. How many received that word? Amen. And Jesus said on the night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it, he gave thanks. He said, take, eat, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. After supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes again. Let's drink all of it together. Thank God we're all one body. Amen. Because there's only one heaven. There's only one God. There's only one Father. There's only one Jesus. And he is the Lord of all. Amen. Amen. You have a great week. We love you. God bless you. Enjoy your week with the Lord. Amen. Can I just say one thing to the children? One thing I can say about children is they fill your love bank. I'm telling you, if you're going through a tough time, just hang around children. They will hug you. They will love you. <laughs> My, my love bank is filled by children. You know, beloved little ones, God's going to use you just like he did with that boy who brought his lunch and fed multitudes with his fish and his bread that he put, had in his lunch bag. It was because that little boy had a heart after God and he just trusted God to take care of him. And he took his lunch. And there was a lot left over. You know, God tells us to be like little children because they trust. They don't worry about where's my next meal coming from. I know mommy's going to feed me. I know they don't even worry about clean clothes. They don't worry about anything. They trust. And that's what the Lord wants of us. Don't get weary. Don't get worried. But trust our Heavenly Father. Why? 
because he loves us. A couple weeks ago, the Lord said to me, tell the children I love them. That song, Jesus loves me, this I know, never gets old. In fact, every time one of my grandchildren were born, that was the first song they heard. Jesus loves me, this I know. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to be where children aren't. (laughs) Amen? Because they are so life-giving. They know. Around here in 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 our school, I always tell them about Jesus. They always, because they can't see him. I always say, when you see kindness, when you see love, just know you're seeing Jesus. They know my favorite word in the school is kindness. And to forgive quickly. I'm telling you, if we could just put those two little things together, we'd have a lot happier world. Amen? Kids, let the Lord use you. He's got a great future. Hide the word in your heart. Jesus amazed the scholars as a young child. He amazed the scholars because he was full of wisdom. Why? Because he was full of the Holy Spirit. We have that same spirit living in us. Amen. God bless you all. Before, you, before anybody goes, if anybody needs healing, I just feel a, if you need prayer for a healing today, I'd like to pray for you. I'd like Brian, would you come and join me? But if anybody needs prayer for healing, please feel free to come forward.